Today is Thursday, July 20th, and you are tuned in to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I am, once again, Jimmy Watkins, filling in for Joe Noga, who is on vacation at the moment. Uh, the man on the other end of the line is Paul Hoynes, the Cleveland Guardians' longtime uh, B writer for Cleveland.com. Hoynesy is, are you in transit still, Hoynesy? Are you still in Pittsburgh? What What is your situation right now? Yeah, I, dro- I drove back last, well, yesterday afternoon, Joe. I mean, Joe, Jimmy. I, I, yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, I drove, uh, you know, came back home last night around 9, 10. I, I, I drove back home. So, yeah, safe and sound in, in, at home. Great to hear that. Unfortunately, the Guardian's bullpen looks like they drove home a day early. Uh, cost them a victory uh, during that day game against Pittsburgh 7-5. But overall, an encouraging series win from the Guardians. The Bats came alive, uh, scored double-digit runs in back-to-back games for the second time this season and the first time in a month. Um, I think they scored more runs in those two games than the the previous five games combined. Uh, So there's a little bit of positive momentum, even though the end kind of fell a little flat. Wendy, what is, we'll start here coming out of the, the Pittsburgh series. What is sustainable about what they were doing at the plate against Pittsburgh? Uh, you know, that, you know, Pittsburgh obviously is not a real good team, Jimmy. So mm-hmm. I think we got to take that into consideration. Uh, you know, they played well yesterday. They came back and, and beat Cleveland yesterday. But, you know, this is a team that had lost nine of its previous 10 games before they, you know, be, before they won, uh, you know, they, they, they rallied past, uh, Cleveland yesterday. So I think you got to take that with a grain of salt. But, you know, it was, it was interesting to see, uh, you know, how they, uh, you know, in, uh, Tuesday night's win, you know, a 10 to 1 win, you know, they beat, uh, you know, um, uh, Mitch Keller. You know, uh, Pittsburgh's top starter, he was an all-star. He had, you know, he was 9-3 and three coming into the game, and they worked him over. So I think that's encouraging. I think what we saw out of um, Josh Naylor is sustainable. He's been doing it for over a month and a half. So, you know, that that's encouraging. You know, I, and I liked uh, the, the aspect of um, – they're kind of playing to their strengths again. You know, you saw a drag bunt by Andres Jimenez to squeeze home a run. You saw some double steals by Quan and, and Straw. And we haven't seen that a lot, you know, late in the second half and, uh, you know, against Texas. So I think that's sustainable. And, you know, that, that kind of makes this offense go. On the other hand, guards are, are calling up pitchers. Uh, Logan Allen's back. The bullpen, I mean, the pitching staff in general is, I would say, in disarray right now. Bullpen gave up uh, five of the seven runs against Pittsburgh on Wednesday. We're still counting. I think we only got four ironclad starters at the moment. Uh, what is the state of the the Guardians' bullpen? What is the state of the starting staff right now? We got four starters. Who might the fifth be? Yeah, I think, you know, they need a starter for Sunday against Philadelphia, Jimmy. I think it's either going to be uh, Xavier Curry, who started the bullpen game Monday and threw three scoreless innings, or it's going to be Peyton Battenfield, <clears throat> who's currently on a uh, rehab assignment at Columbus and, uh, you know, pitched, uh, I want to say he pitched uh, Tuesday night, so he'd be in line for that uh, Sunday start. So it's, either one of those guys is, will, will probably get the get the call on Sunday. 
Logan Allen back with a bang on uh, Tuesday. Five innings, season low in, in hits allowed and walks. It's second highest strikeout total of the season. Um, 77 pitches in five innings. What did you like about uh, what Allen was throwing on, on Tuesday and what's still left on the table with him? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head, Jimmy. You know, the pitch count was down 77 pitches for, uh, you know, five innings. One hit, no runs, eight strikeouts. I, I like the way he attacked the hitters, you know, and obviously he had a big, you know, he had a 5 nothing cushion going into the bottom of the first, so that always helps a starter. Um, but I really like the way, he, you know, he, you know, he's pitched pretty well, you know, from the get-go since they called him up. He's made 13 starts. Uh, the, the Guardians, I, I believe, are, are 10 and 3 in his 13 starts. So, you know, he's kind of their good luck charm. The, the problem is, Jimmy, you know, none of these guys, you know, they're, they're protecting all these rookies. So they protect Logan Allen. They protect, uh, you know, Tanner Bybee. They're, they're protecting, uh, uh, you know, Gavin Williams. Uh, so they're not going, you know, much past five or six innings. And that's really left the bullpen exposed. One more name I'd, I'd th- I would add uh, to the mix here is just uh, the guy that just sent down, Cody Morris, who I thought it was interesting at the tail end of your story about uh, the transaction where they brought Allen up and, and sent Morris back down. Tito said he wanted to see uh, Morris throw a little bit longer down in the minors. He, is, he has had, uh, I think it was last year, a couple of longer outings where he looked okay in four, five, six inning stretches. Um, is this could this potentially be something where they might be trying to clear him uh, to throw in longer stretches just to, to have another option around? What do you think about that idea? Yeah, you know, I think it's a good idea. You know, and I, I was getting mixed signals from Tito. I, I thought, uh, you know, he said we don't exactly want him to be a starter, not not completely yet, but we'd like to see him be able to go, you know, in the 40 or 50 pitch range where he could, you know, pitch two or three innings. And maybe I think this guy, you know, they like his arm, but he's had injury problems for the last couple of years. And I think I don't think they want to really kind of see him get too stretched out where, you know, he's exposed to injury. So I, I, I would think I think they'd like to see him maybe come back up and slip into a role like Curry, like Curry has now, you know, into that long man role. And maybe if Curry goes into the rotation, you know, they could flip-flop positions there. And that's, that's just me from the outside looking in. Yeah, we know Tito isn't uh, – it's not his favorite thing to just roll with an opener. But when you're at the point where, where Cleveland is with their pitching – their general pitching situation. You just kind of got to roll with the punches um, real quick. As we, as we look forward here, next up is uh, Philadelphia who kind of came out of the break. They won up four out of their last five. Uh, they lost the, their series finale against uh, Milwaukee on Wednesday. It's a team that's uh, in the play in the, in the wild card hunt in the, in the national league. They are a top 10 team in, in OPS. They are an above average pitching team uh, when it comes to team ERA. What's, uh, what should we be watching for against, against Philadelphia on beginning Friday? That's a powerful team offensively, Jimmy. They're going to really, you know, test this pitching staff. Um, you know, they went to the World Series last year. Um, you know, this is a dangerous team and, uh, you know, they haven't been playing well, but they've been playing well better. As you said, of late, they, you know, they're, they've getting, they're getting their offense together. So, you know, the, the, um, 
Cleveland's going to have its hands full with this, especially you know with their with their uh, you know with their rotation kind of you know in the, in 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 flux. It's going to be uh, with you know the rotations in flux. The bullpen is kind of shaky, and uh, the 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 one worry to me is we haven't you know uh, um, uh, Emmanuel Class A the closer. Cleveland's closer has only made one appearance since the All-Star break. I'm sure they wanted to get him more work than that. And now, you know, if there's some close games, that's where he's going to have to get his feet wet. Again, you know, coming out of the second half. And, you know, he's already blown seven saves. So this is uh, (laughs) – I'm keeping my fingers crossed on this one. More pitching, Drummond. We know that uh, the guards have struggled against uh, teams above 500. This season, 23 and 27 against teams over 500, um, 24 and 21 against everyone else. And we, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about, about that trend and how it has applied over uh, the recent seasons. All right. Welcome back to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, once again, I'm Jimmy Watkins, your guest host. Joining me is Paul Hoynes. Phillies are in town this weekend. They are <clears throat> the, the the reigning National League champions. They are the kind of team that the Guardians have struggled with over the last couple of years, as we mentioned before the break. Uh, Cleveland is twenty three and twenty seven against teams over five hundred this season. Last year, they were <clears throat> five hundred against teams over five hundred, and that's a season in which they went twenty two games over five hundred against anyone else. And in 2021, where they won 80 games, they went 28 and 51 against teams over 500. This trend has repeated itself over and over. Um, the Guardians have taken advantage of what has been, uh, in some cases, a, let's say a rebuilding division, and in other cases, a disappointing division. How much of this roller coaster team, you know, we've talked about it uh, on the podcast on Wednesday of Wednesdays, you know, we never really know what to expect. This- with this team, how much of that up and down play is just you're good against bad teams and you're bad against good teams? Yeah, I think you know that's a great point. Uh, you know the the this you know the balanced schedule this year has not helped them. Uh, you know they have you know continue you know they have consistently dominated in the AL Central. Even when they haven't won the division, they've had great you know one loss records in that in their division. Now with uh, you know the divisional games reduced from nineteen to thirteen, you know this season uh, that's affected them. And I, I thought it was going to affect them you know coming into the season, and and that's proven true. You know, and I think uh, you know they're getting a look at every different. They're getting a, you know they play every team in the big leagues now and. Uh, uh, you know, that, that's costing them. That that is, I thought that would hurt their win total, and I think it's prevented them, Jimmy, from from going on a run here. We just haven't seen, you know, that's you know five, six, seven, seven game winning streak. Uh, you know, out of I think their biggest, their longest winning streak is what four or five games. So we just haven't seen that a sustained stretch of good baseball. Yeah, I mean, even coming out of the break here, you start with Texas, then, okay, a little relief against Pittsburgh. Now you're back on the grind against Philadelphia. It's hard to get going when you're playing teams of that caliber. Um, you mentioned the schedule changes where they're playing fewer games against the division that they've dominated. Um, how do you think these schedule changes will will hurt them going forward, given just the big picture, given what you've seen so far this season? 
Well, I think, you know, it just, you know, it really, you know, it exposes their weakness, you know, and I think uh, we've seen the, the inability to score runs. We've, and we, we, and, you know, an unexpected weakness is there, uh, you know, there, the problems with the pitching staff that has always kind of driven this club. But injuries obviously have, have hurt the rotation. I think the bullpen's been a little bit overworked. You know, they're a little fried right now. And uh, that's not a good combination. And then go, and in the future, you know, it's always been that the Guardians have always, you know, we talk about trade deadline scenarios on Wednesday. There's always a possibility that it's worth swinging for it as things stand because you're you're hanging around in the, in the division. Um, <laughs> eventually, one of these teams are going to get their their stuff together in the division against these the, these more difficult schedules, and it's going to become even harder to do this this dance that they do where they're constantly trying to shuffle in you know new young guys because of uh, losing dudes to free agency. How how should these new rules? Uh, or shouldn't these new rules, however you feel about it, change the front office's evaluation of how close the franchise is to contention? Yeah, you know, we talked to uh, Chris Antonetti yesterday morning at PNC Park. Uh, he talked about, uh, you know, the, their, their, you know, the the trade deadline. You know, what are their plans for the trade deadline? And he, you know, he he doesn't say a lot. You know, he he like most uh, general managers or uh, you know uh, presidents of uh, baseball operations, he plays things uh, close to his vest. And uh, but I got the impression that they re- they would really like to do two things. They'd like to perhaps add a starting pitcher as we talked about in our last podcast, but those, that's really difficult to do. I, I don't see them doing that, but I do see them trying to add a bat, you know, trying to add some, some offense to this club. I think that's, you know, that's an important, uh, you know, that's an important avenue for to improvement. Now, you know, could they trade a, a, an Ahmed uh, Rosario? I, I don't know. You know, I, I, he hasn't had that. He hasn't had the season he had last year. He hasn't played great defensively. We saw that last yesterday in the loss to Pittsburgh. Uh, but you know, I think he has some value as an offensive player. Uh, so that that might he, they might be able to do a deal with a contender. Then that would not only open up a shortstop uh, for you know either one of their uh, you know. Uh, one of their uh, potential, uh, you know, uh, you know, prospects. They could move uh, Jimenez to short. I don't know if they do that this season, but that's a possibility down the road. But and they could add a bat. I think that's the direction they're going in. And Antonetti even said during that chat that if if we were in a division, different division, we might be looking at at things differently. But while yeah, you're within striking distance, you might you might yeah, as well the white go flag for is it. up if they're if they're in the AL East. You, you can bet <laughs> exactly. That. Exactly. I saw a graphic. Yes, I mean, there's, there's been different versions of this graphic, um, across, you know, at different points of the season this year. The Central is, I want to say, over 100 runs behind the second worst division in run differential and like 50 points in winning percent. I mean, it's just crazy how, it how much crazy. it stands out as an outlier. Um, two other things that Antonetti, Antonetti mentioned uh, during that, that chat that I think we should hit real quick at the end here. Give sort of updates on Mackenzie and, and Shane Bieber. Um, and they both kind of sounded like they want to be very careful with both of those guys. You know, even though Bieber's on the 15 day DL, uh, Antonetti said he doesn't want it to be a quick return and they want to make sure that everything 
his all all systems go with McKenzie until he gets back. What did you what did you make of his comments about those guys? Yeah, uh, I would say ominous is uh, was was <laughs> what I took away from that. Uh, you know, they want to see. You know, I think with McKenzie, you know, we don't think he's going to be back until September, and that's if if all things go, you know, according to plan. Now, you know, I think there's still a possibility for surgery here. Uh, you know, he uh, Tristan, you know, chose the uh, non-surgical route. But, uh, you know, if he is not able to throw with high intensity, you know, in the intensity required in game settings, uh, Antonetti said you're going to have to reassess the situation. And that sounded like a Tommy John surgery to me. I mean, I'm jumping to a conclusion there. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think that that's always kind of been on the back burner anyways. Uh, and with, uh, with uh, Bieber, um, you know, they said, uh, you know, the good news was, you know, he's – they don't think he's going to need surgery on the elbow, elbow, but this is not going to be a short process. So this guy's not going to be on. He's not going to be back after he's over. You know the 15 day uh, injured list. Uh, you know his time on the on the on the IL is over. I, I'm looking at late late August or early September again for for Bieber. I, that's that's just me, and I think you know Jimmy. Those are going to be when they do come back. If they do come back, those are going to be like. Okay, you're going to throw, you're going to go out there, you're going to make two starts of three or four innings each so you can show your, prove to yourself you're healthy going into the offseason. I don't think they're going to have a, a big ramification on a, a stretch run if they're in the stretch run. Yeah, if they're in the stretch run, it's, it's, I mean, if they're not in the stretch run, I don't know if they'll even bring them back. That's uh, with the McKenzie thing. I mean, if you're going to make a decision on surgery, I think everyone would prefer it to be sooner than later, just so you know. There's a you can stretch it into a, as little of next season as possible, and then I just I, when I hear you talking, I just this pitching juggling act that Tito has been doing for a while now it doesn't sound like it's going away anywhere soon. It's particularly because I believe Cincinnati also said uh, you guys asked him about pitching, you know, acquiring a pitch an arm at the deadline. He goes, yeah, those guys are pretty hard to get this yeah. time of year. So it might, it might be a, what you see is what you get situation. And if they can make that work, then, then God love them. Um, but that'll Jimmy, do it today. Let me, for the, go ahead. Let me run, let me run an idea by you. I was thinking, of Car- I, I was thinking of Carlos Carrasco. If the, the Mets are terrible, okay. would, 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 is Carlos Carrasco, can he come back and help them? I, I know, you know, in, in talking to Carlos, when uh, we were in we were in New York, he said he'd love to come back and retire as a, as an Indian. Now I know he's. I think this is his last year. But is he the kind of guy that would just be filling innings, or could he help you win? That's. I think he's. I don't know what at the stage of his career he's at now. That's that's my I, only problem. I would I'd love say to see Carlos this- back. Yeah, I would say at this point, I'm not sure I know the difference between helping you win and filling innings, right? Like, you just need warm bodies when you're, yeah. you know, week to week, you're not sure who your fifth starter is going to be. Um, again, Xavion Curry looked pretty good in his, in yeah. his first quote unquote start against the Pirates, but like we, like we mentioned earlier, it was the Pirates. So we, that's, it's a lot of wait and see. And it would be great to just have another dude that you can count on to, to throw regular starter innings. Um, <laughs> and you know maybe a return back here would would rejuvenate him. But as always, I would have to ask when when you're making a trade proposal, what's the price? Yeah, 
That's exactly right. And, you know, I think the Mets are struggling so much. I think they they just want to dump payroll. You know, I think maybe just get get out from under maybe. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. But uh, I don't think it would cost a lot. But, you know, Carlos, hit, I mean, he, he's been up and down a little bit health-wise. So, you know, I don't know. You know, but it's just I think those are the kind of guys you're probably talking about if you're if you're trying to add a starting pitcher. He's been up and down this year. He's, I think he's three and three. Uh, ERA's hovering around five. But one year removed from a fifteen and seven year last year, where the ERA dipped under four. If that's if you can get that kind of version of him, um, you know that's if we're talking about an end of the rotation guy, that's nothing to scoff at. So we will see how that unfolds. Um, that's going to do it for the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I will remind listeners real quick as we get out of here that. Uh, you should be subscribing to subtext. That's where you might learn, you know, all this Shane Bieber conversation that we're having. That's something that you could, that you could have in your phone before a lot of your friends do. Um, that's, you know, the, if, if there's trade talk, that's where you might get a few nuggets before the, the, the general public. And the, and as I mentioned, you never know who Hoinsey is going to run into in the hotel lobby. Those are, <laughs> those could be fun texts to receive that, that number is again, two one six. Two zero eight four three four six. You start off with a two week free trial. Um, it's really easy to, to unsubscribe to if you if you if you try it and don't like it. Um, it's it's just as easy as, as sending a text that you that you send a text to subscribe to it. You send a text and unsubscribe to it. No big deal. Um, beyond that, I hope everyone has a great rest of their weekend. Uh, come out to come out to Progressive and, and see the Phillies. Uh, and if not, watch the games from home and, and read Hoinsey, of course. Thank you all for listening, and we will talk to you next time.